1: with your host Andrew Rotondi and Scott Ryan. Let's go.
2: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, brought to you today by Oakley, the best sunglasses company in the biz. When you wear Oakley, there is more than meets the eye. We're doing eye test versus nerd test presented by Oakley today for Anthony Volpe's Chicken Parm Adjustment. A clean, not clean shaven, Scott. You just said you you shaved your beard. You've got like that. It's not a five o'clock. I went down to the show. lowest guard.
1: I went. To, yeah, I went down to the lowest guard on my uh, uh, company that doesn't sponsor us anymore, not to be named. Um, <laughs> sh- r- uh, r- electric shaver that's not meant for the face.
2: <clears throat> didn't didn't that company that shall not be named because they don't sponsor us anymore? Aren't they now saying like oh, they have a new one that apparently is for the face because they finally realized like we. Can only go so far as a company marketing ourselves as a ball shaver, and that men don't
1: really care, and, <laughs> <laughs> and that we actually really don't do that. You know, it's, it's like, like, oh, it's- cool, thanks. It's a razor that has a long battery uh, battery life that I can that I can shave my beard. Thank you very much. It will never uh, touch anywhere else put my face. Yeah. So. Anyway, Yankees, I think they missed
2: a prime opportunity this week after winning those first two games of the series against Baltimore. I'm not going to call it, you know, they're just winning three out of four. It's like, how big of a deal is that in the standings? Not a big deal, but it's optics. It's just vibes. It's feelings coming out of the week. Cause you got, you got absolutely crushed in that fourth game and you had a nice couple of wins. You had a comeback win in that first one. That was really exciting. Fourth of July victory. And then you just fall flat on your face the last two nights.
1: Yeah, it was disappointing because the Yankees looked like they were coming out hot, like it was a like it was a series that really mattered to them, that they had to almost make a statement to the Baltimore Orioles. Um, and the the first two games felt that way. You're you're absolutely right. I think the felt the first two games. I was like, okay, this this team feels energized. This team feels like uh, you know they got something. And then all of a sudden, you know what I thought was a really good move on the Orioles side. If I'm tipping my cap to the other the other side. They brought up two of their kids for the third game—the third baseman and uh, the left fielder, maybe—which we could use one of those. Um, both kids were in AAA Norfolk before that, and uh, and and were 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 lighting it up um, and gave a spark. Actually had. Two, both guys had very big series. Uh, both got big hits in their first uh, in their first games. Both drove in runs. Like it was, it was, uh, it was, a it was a rejuvenation in the middle of a series with two kids that a lot of the guys know too, because they're in a similar situation to the Yankees. Uh, where the Yankees were in 16, 17, where all of these guys have played together in the minor leagues and they, they know each other. And I think that does help. Um, you know, once you, once you get to the bigs, you have familiarity, you have chemistry with these guys and it did it, 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 it lit a fire under their butts and they started hitting. And so the last two games, look at what they did offensively. Um, obviously there was a, there was help with Seve being dog shit, but the, the kids were energized and, and they were playing well and, yeah, it was a missed opportunity for the Yankees, no doubt. But I think the uh, the Orioles kind of stole it, and and you know there was a little bit of a, a counter move on their end. So those first two games brought up the kids, and it worked. Yeah,
2: that's interesting because for Baltimore, who's already a young team, you wouldn't necessarily think. You would need that kind of spark midseason. Generally, you see that with like more of a veteran team that gets off to a nice start and then starts to go through a lull, and then you inject some youth into the roster or maybe like a nice trade at the deadline, and that sort of rejuvenates everybody. But that could be what um, what happened with Baltimore. There, you mentioned Severino being dog shit. So, if we're going through his that's game logs, a good
1: transition. Yeah. So, speaking of walks, Severino being dog shit. <laughs>
2: His first two outings after coming back from the injury were, were both good the, against Cincinnati and San Diego. He, he pitched well in both of those. And then that third game against the Dodgers, he got shelled. He gave up seven runs in four innings. And immediately after that start, we talked about potential of tipping pitches partially because the Dodgers, the Dodgers lineup has Red Sox connections. And that's where the tipping of Severino sort of originated from. But when you see somebody like Severino, just get lit up when the stuff is still there. Maybe the velocity is still there for the most part. And yeah, location, he does, he has been missing location a lot. But when you see a guy get lit up so aggressively, where it's not just singles and seeing eye hits, it is doubles into the gap. It is missiles off the wall. It is 440 foot bombs. You're like, okay, what's going on here? He gave up set. These are his game logs, runs and hits given up starting with that Dodger series, seven runs, nine hits, four runs, six hits, five runs, seven hits, three runs, seven hits, no runs, five hits against the Rangers. And that was uh, obviously a good start. But in that first inning, the Yankees throw out a runner at home plate. There were two runners on and they throw out a guy at home plate to get Severino out of that inning. If that does not happen, or if that throw is three feet up the line, maybe that's a different story. Then uh, against St. Louis, nine runs, Four, uh, excuse me, nine runs, nine hits. And then yesterday against Baltimore, seven runs, 10 hits in two and two thirds innings. And after the game, you were listening to the post game press conference. Obviously tipping pitches was a topic.
1: Yeah, it wasn't, uh, it it wasn't so much that tipping pitches in that particular start was, was what they were referring to. But a lot of the beat guys were asking about, uh, two different, two different, uh, post-game press conferences or not press conferences, just interviews. What I'm talking about here is Boone and then Severino. And it wasn't so much that it was tipping pitches in that particular start. It's, it's, it's more like, Hey, we, we got to fix this. What are you guys looking at to fix this? And in both cases, when they asked Boone, uh, tipping pitches being the, the, the deception in the delivery was, was brought up, not to say that it was the reason, but it's definitely brought up. And then when they asked Sevy afterward, who looked completely dejected as he should, uh, was talking about, again, reviewing the tape and, and he kind of went through the list of what they're reviewing mechanics, asking, asking Trevi, what, you know, what he's seeing, what am I doing wrong? Am I tipping pitches like these? So they're all bringing it up as if it's a, it's something that's internally. It definitely sounds like it's a hot button. I don't think they're talking about it. He was being careful with his words. Sevy was, um, i do think it's a it's it's something there you know we can we can look at all the tape we want but you really got to go under the hood and 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 dive into what is going on with him and figure it out and then there's going to be some slight mechanical changes that he's going to have to make but everything is saying Boone is saying Sevi saying everybody is saying healthy 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 feel great feel good there's no issue with with an injury so this is, and this is the worst that Sevi's pitch. He was talking about, this is the worst. I've never been this bad. I've never been this bad. And when you see someone who has the talent level and skill level that Sevi does, and he, you hear that something's up. Like what, what's going on? You got obviously into a bad mechanical rhythm coming back and you're just not able to shake it. And within that, there very well could be some or multiple tells on, on what you're, on what you're doing. So I, I really think, think that that's this the is, problem. do you think
2: that's the problem? Do you think tipping or, or some sort of tell is the problem? That the opposing team. I think has it's part of it. it. Yeah,
1: it has to be. It has to be. I, it, it's got to be part of it. There's got to be but some something. Why, have, thing the, that's why have
2: the Yankees not caught it yet? Because that start against the Dodgers was on June second. That was. Seven I don't think starts that, I don't. Th-
1: th- from from again, this is just me reading the tea leaves here, but uh, listening to them and listening to Seve specifically, it does sound like that they've discussed it and they've tried to address it. I'm not sure he's executing what they're talking about yet. Okay, or, maybe or he's doing the thing, and you know, I have a feeling at this point he's so in his own head about mechanics and not tipping that he's not executing the pitches as as he was. The confidence level isn't there. You know, they were talking about it on the broadcast last night, quite a bit. And we've discussed this here. The body language in Luis Severino is not the same right now. You're looking at a guy that is fully healthy, comes out there with a swag, you know, has, has you know hit or hit and miss uh, I'm sorry swing and miss stuff um, specifically with his fastball and then is able to control his off speed enough where his fastball pops even more and he just doesn't have that right now at all so there's definitely a confidence level there was a direct question to Seve about his confidence and of course he's unwavering with his amount of confidence but I mean you get shelled like that multiple times in a row it's gotta affect your confidence. And that's a that's a big deal when you're going out there feeling that you're gonna execute that. You gotta be able to know and see that you're gonna execute the pitches and know that you're better than that guy up there. And I just don't think he he thinks that right now, and that's a problem. So all star break might be coming at a really good time for him. I
2: li- I like your point that maybe the Yankees did catch something and now this is just in his own mind that he's concentrating on that versus executing the pitches um, yeah that that i think is a, a lot more realistic than he is still tipping pitches after seven starts of potentially tipping pitches because like if other teams are finding it out from a couple games of footage like clearly the yankee scouts and the yankees Film crew should be able to figure out the same tip that the Orioles and the Dodgers and the Reds or whoever else could not the Reds the, uh, the the Cardinals whoever else could figure out
1: right it's like well I test nerd test we're going to be talking about a little chicken parm session that the Yankees coaches that's right. not the, see, the Yankees so. coaches just seem knows? to be just seem to be completely oblivious to everything happening it's a, it's like they have too many coaches now and nobody everybody's just pointing at each other and doesn't know what to do. <laughs> It's like, oh, oh, he's got it, right? No, 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 he's yeah. got it. When that's, a good com- exactly. job, right?
2: Because when a company gets too big and a team and and, and there's too many people in an organization, you can hide. <laughs> yes. Like I everyone's, my first job out of college, I worked in a company that had 50,000 people globally, okay? I was at headquarters in it's Massachusetts. A dish. I was at headquarters in Massachusetts. There were five massive buildings in 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 a suburb of Massachusetts. I'm not going to talk about the company, but there was probably 15,000 people on campus. Weeks went by. I didn't do a goddamn thing because (laughs) you didn't have to.
1: I was on a team of 17 people. Guess
2: what? I had someone was going to do the work.
1: Yeah. They, it's true. It's, it's when you get into those, it's like, Oh, I thought that guy was supposed to do the stance. I was focused on the hands. He was looking at the feet. You know, like, what are we doing here? But the, um, so, yeah, it could be that it could be that they found the tip or that they're speculating on what it could be or, you know, and 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 he's just whatever he's doing that is uh, being intentional to hide a tip. Again, this is pure speculation here could could affect his mechanics as well. So maybe he's not thinking about it, but maybe there was a mechanical adjustment to in order for him to be more deceptive that he's just not. Comfortable with yet? Yeah, and Boone used that executing. word
2: deception. Boone used the word deception in his post game. Yeah, and I, I understand what he's saying, but like deception is more in my mind like an action you are doing to intentionally deceive or. Oh, I don't think tr- that's right. Trick the hitter.
1: No, 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 no. Deception in the delivery can be can be absolutely fluid. So, well, I um, I think of uh, Nestor Cortez with the hesitation in his in his delivery as deception. All right. I'll give you a counter. I think of Davey Garcia when he first came up. Davey Garcia had deception in his fastball where he there was a a point in his in his wind up and in his motion that he did hide it for a split second. And his 92, 93, 94 mile an hour fastball was popping like a 96, 97, 98. And all the guys would say it. It's hard to pick up. You hear that a lot, right? It's hard to pick up the fastball. is hard to pick up, and what that means is there's a, there's there's usually a natural deception in, in in how the the mechanics are working and how the ball is being picked up by the batter eye. That that's the biggest thing. This would be a great okay. question for 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 Blum, and uh, and uh, and Tuttle. But these. Th- that, that little deception um, doesn't necessarily mean you're tricking it, but you're trying to build that in, I think, when you're working on things in spring or you're coming up. Um, but I don't think it's a necessary, like, intentional deception. Nestor is an extreme example where, yeah, you know, he needs to get back to that, frankly, but yeah. That's a good point. Yeah.
2: No, so it, it's just a complete mess with Severino, and it comes at a time where if we are having sort of dreams of October, Right now, we've got a three-day stretch of Severino, who pitched on Thursday, Carlos Rodon, who's going to be pitching Friday night, and then Garrett Cole, who's going to be pitching Saturday afternoon. Like that's the big three. Ideally, you have in an October series that we're looking at.
1: Yeah, I didn't hear you say Vasquez in there. I was waiting for that one. But oh,
2: sorry, he's the game four pitcher.
1: Yeah, well, you know the kid come up and pitched extremely well so far. But yeah, it's no, been great. Schmidt's been good too, and and so. Not great. I wouldn't say great or for you know, number five, or starters, amazing or what was the uh, the adjective that you destroyed K for? Oh, yeah, incredible. Was it incredible? No, it was something outstanding. Worse than that. I don't remember. We're but, gonna see Tyone. We're gonna see
2: Tyone this weekend. Yeah, he think he's struggling. He's, he's in. Tyone's Definitely pitching struggling. against Radon. so yeah,
1: incredible. It was an incredible for. It, it wasn't was incredible. Pitched. That wasn't the word. It was something else. But anyway, the uh, <laughs> yeah. So look, there's there's an opportunity, obviously, for Sevi to get his head on a little a little bit more right. (laughs) He's got a long break coming up um with the with the all star break. And then, you know, they can do whatever they want really in that first series. So he could get an even extended break if if uh if they wanted to. And and hopefully some of this is clear the cobwebs, but also, hey, go to work. Don't just use this as a a, as a as a break, as a vacation. Like you need to go to work to figure this thing out. Um so there needs to be a little bit of overtime put in here, I think, to, to, to fix Sevi, because if he is healthy, there's there's really no reason for what we're seeing. Yeah,
2: I want to talk about a couple other things from the the four game series. But before that, did you guys get your tickets for Friday night's game using game time? If not, you missed a golden opportunity because the tickets are no longer cheap. You can still get great tickets with game time for maybe the Saturday or Sunday games, or if you're going to want to go to a game after the all-star break, game time is the easiest way to grab tickets to sporting events, concerts, comedy shows, theater, or whatever else you want to go to. The app has so many cool features and is easy to use. It shows you the trending tickets, what sections the good deals are in, and it calls out cheap options and even flash deals so you can make quick and, and good purchases and informed purchases. There's also event cancellation protection so you can buy with confidence. You get images of your seats. Uh, before you buy. So you know, you know what to expect. The buying process is quick two two quick taps and you're done. Tickets also go directly to your phone. So you don't have to go through junk mail or anything like that. You can snag tickets without stress using game time by downloading the game time app, create an account and use our promo code Bronx for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Once again, download the app, create an account, use go Bronx for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Thank you very much, Game Time, for sponsoring us once again. Okay, Monday's comeback—very exciting. One of the best comebacks of of the season. Yeah. or Yeah, saying?
1: no, no, that, that's right. I, I wanted to mention the um, the the poor camera guy that got drilled. Uh, the was that Monday night or Tuesday?
2: That I, was,
1: I was at. So I've been at the beach this week. No, wasn't uh, it? Oh, sorry, wasn't that Wednesday? What day is today? It was <laughs> Today's Friday. Today feels like Sunday to me. it's a, or Monday actually. It's it's it, I'm I'm completely turned upside down because I've been uh, kind of on quasi vacation this week. But um yeah, seemingly he's doing okay. But man, that uh you you couldn't have uh, been in a in a in like a worst slash perfect position to get drilled. Like it was. I've never seen anything like that. I've never seen a camera guy or someone in the stands or anything, which is crazy because you'd think that you'd see that more often. Honestly, yeah. Um, because they it's are, just,
2: K, K said on the broadcast. Like you're looking through the camera, you're you're focused on getting the action. You're not, and then it's like a delayed reaction, bef- like as the ball is coming at him. So if you're thinking like, "Oh, how could he have not seen that?" He's literally looking at the play as it's happening. Because that's not what he's focused on. He's focused on capturing the moment
1: he's focused on capturing the moment and they all have different assignments, right? So he may not yeah. even been on the play necessarily. I'm sure he was, but either way, you're not anticipating a ball coming at you uh, where you have to move. So I'm. it's from everything we're, we're seeing, it seems like he's in uh, in good spirits and doing okay. But man, that was, uh, that was a scary, that was a scary moment. Um, I came, I came into that game just after that happened and I saw the melee. So I had to go back and, and, and watch it again and, yeah, Gunner Henderson, the kid who crushed us yesterday, uh, is the one who threw it. And apparently, he yep. reached out and you know felt felt terrible. As, as yeah, I you might most see some
2: would. helmets or some some protective gear for the camera yeah, crew uh, for sure going forward. Yeah. It, specifically in those in those camera wells, right behind first and third base, and first base is really the more dangerous one because you're getting throws throws from the infield. Yeah, but you might start to see some protection.
1: Yeah, it was it was just a. Crazy play. But yeah, sorry, back to back to the back to the gameplay. Well, that, that
2: was Wednesday's game, in which the Yankees blew uh a 2 nothing lead uh when Nick Ramirez came in and completely mucked up the situation and Jake Bowers dove for a ball that landed in another state. But uh in Monday's game, the three-nothing comeback, uh Volpe got the got them on the board, he got the spark going. We're gonna talk about him. The Bader go ahead three-run home run, I think is a an interesting moment because the bunt sign was on. For the first two, seemingly first two pitches of the at bat, because the first pitch was a strike, Bader squared around a bunt, and then the next what was gonna be a pitch ended up being a just a turnaround to second base to see if Bader's still bunting, and he was squaring around to bunt. Then the bunt was called off and he hit the three run home run. Why do you think the bunt was called off?
1: Because Harrison Bader can't bunt.
2: Yes. So why was the bunt called to begin with?
1: Well, it's the same thing as if uh, you know when when Boone sends a pinch runner to first base, usually after the first pitch. Okay, you know it takes a minute for things to process, and he's like, "Oh, wait a second, the situation doesn't match what's in my brain." That Harrison Bader, <laughs> that's not who I thought it was. That's not Volpe or, or you know, even Higgy. That's it.
2: Only it's, Volpe. No, yeah. Higgy's tried to bunt. Higgy can't
1: bunt. We've Higgy's talked. He's bunted a couple of times. But I've seen Higgy. No, bunt. Higgy I've can't seen bunt. Higgy bunt. He catches it. All you gotta do is catch it with the bat. Just catch it.
2: Yeah, no, so Bader can't bunt, and that was going to be obvious because he squared around a bunt and looked completely uncomfortable, and then the bunt was called off. So, fine, if a guy can't bunt, don't call a bunt, even if a bunt in that situation does make some sense to try and get second and third to score a run to take a lead. If a guy can't bunt, don't have him, bunt, have him bunting. I'm glad he called it off after just one, one and a half. Of You're glad he place. called
1: it off because he hit a home run.
2: Even if he grounded into a double play, it's like he can't bunt. Know which guys on your team can and can't bunt. Know which guys on your team can do things and can't do things. Put your players in the best position to succeed. How many times have I said that with the bullpen? How about don't try and steal an out and then bring a guy in with first and third and no outs. Instead, just give them a clean inning. Don't try and steal an out and like get tricky so you can manage this three-out rule. No. Put your players in in situations to succeed. Don't call a bunt when the guy clearly
1: doesn't know how to bunt. There was an exchange. I don't know if they talked about it in the post game, but I saw it afterwards in the dugout. Um, but there was an, a, like a, a lighthearted exchange. It didn't look like Boone thought it was as lighthearted, but with Bader and Boone, as he's walking back from all the congratulations from the home run and it was like some, it was something uh, along the lines of, I told you so, or, or see, see, see skip. I, I can hit, you know, whatever, whatever it was. It was, it was an animated exchange from Bader positive, And then, you know, with Boone obviously, but, don't you yeah. ever call a bunt
2: again while I'm at the plate, dude? I, I
1: you know, watching, listening to the the post game last night with Boone too. One, he just seems over it. He seems all the questions he was over he was it? getting, yeah, over it is what. I, yeah, I meant to say that over it. Just, just like I don't want to answer me, me. any of these questions because. You guys are asking just all these negative questions and all these things that I don't have answers for. I have no just answers. Lost fourteen
2: for to one. All oh, the questions are going to be negative after a fourteen to one drubbing.
1: And you know, he was uh, he was dismissive of it, rolling his eyes a bunch. Like there were a few times rolling his eyes, and like even with questions, like and, and some of the questions are general, obviously that you you oh, the get questions but... are so bad. I know, but honestly, you know they're Take so it. bad. You just you just got your ass kicked on the final game of a of a of an in division uh, series where you took the first two and it was about you know what it was about this is what it was about actually and it was a valid question because it's it's a really it's a microcosm of what's going on here that was the fourth appearance by IKF on the pitcher's mound and <laughs> yeah. the fourth appearance and you know does that make you eligible for an all-star bid it might because you know IKF is out there four times position player shohei Tony ikf they're right there <laughs> yeah one and two. And, the, and the question the question was it was a general question it was a very general and some would say condescending passive aggressive question but very warranted do you are you concerned that that ikf is coming out there for the fourth time you know with all the injuries and such like is there is there any extra worry about him you know the shoulder or anything else with all these other guys like Everybody's getting hurt. You're, you're, you have a position player who's playing all over the diamond going four times, which is more concerning. <clears throat> Look, I, I understand that the question probably wasn't worded. Nobody wanted it. it. Boone didn't want to answer it, didn't want to talk about it, but it's so valid. A position player f- with a fourth appearance before the all-star break is absurd. Logan,
2: can you do a quick uh, search on what's the most appearances? Not obviously Shohei Otani because he's, but like the type of, IKF because Donaldson pitched too. So the question should have been, "Hey Boone, ha, have you given some thought to the fact that IKF has been important to you, and you're putting him in a position to get injured by having him pitch now for the fourth time? How about putting Josh Donaldson there going <laughs> yeah, forward? Yeah, so we can because if he gets injured, no one gives a crap.
1: Yeah." It's true. Like I going up to the mound and doing what practically anybody could do at that point. Like he, he's throwing 85, 80, 80 to 85 miles per hour over. And yeah, he's got, he threw an e last night. Like, okay. The crowd likes it. But at some point I'm like, I don't want to watch this because if this is happening <laughs> for a fourth, fourth time, time, that means we're getting our asses kicked.
2: Yep. Yep. Yeah. And while we're on the topic of Josh Donaldson, they said this on the broadcast last night and I was floored. He has 13 hits this season and nine of them are home runs. That's crazy. Well, which which one he's is crazy? Not,
1: the fact that he has 13 hits, the fact that they're 13
2: hits, nine of them home runs. He's hit home runs in eight games and the Yankees are one and seven in those games.
1: That's crazy. That that's crazy. That means one, he's uh he's hitting them in 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 opportunities that are that are not not clutch That no, it it doesn't necessarily mean that cuz oh, he could have hit a solo home run an, and the Yankees lost 2 to 1 cuz they can't hit. Yeah, but but was that the situation? But was a couple times si- it probably was. <laughs> this is an this could be very well an A-rod situation. Close your eyes, hit the fastball, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, well <laughs> I would take A Rod right now over Josh Donaldson. Ooh, right now? Yeah, I mean I, I think like today's A Rod over Josh Donaldson would be more fun. It would be more fun. It would be more fun.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, it's um You're right. We're at the point now where IKF is pretty important to this
1: team in the versatility he provides. Him getting injured would be bad for this team. Anybody on this that is is a, a part of this roster at this point getting injured, but yes, IKF because of the flexibility due to the other injuries and the fact that he can play third base and third base, you know, it's not a strong position for the Yankees right now. So, how about that play
2: he made on Hicks, which I thought was just beautiful irony where he, he it wasn't going to be a home run, but it, it would have been a double off the wall, but he yeah. ni- made a most, nice leap. I mean, most outfielders aren't
1: jumping for that ball either.
2: Whatever. But I just find it funny that like IKF kind of took Hicks's role as the fourth outfielder. And I mean, Hicks did hit a home run, right? So, he did he get that third that. hit
1: or did he stay at two? Cause I know he didn't I play in the last o- game.
2: He only got two hits. So, yes. the under, but he did hit a home run. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe that all evens out in the end. Any, but still,
1: the reason I went under, if he played every game, I, I would have. I would have never taken the over just out of pure spite. But the, uh, <laughs> uh, but I just assumed he wasn't going to play at least one of the games. But two and a half was a
2: good over under. I said yeah. it. I said it. Good. It was good. Good spot. Uh, another thing that uh, we have to talk about is Glaber Torres is heads up in
1: air quotes. Basically, you know what? Give the man, man some credit. Give the man some credit.
2: Going first to home on a base hit Mm -hmm. because everyone was sleeping on the diamond, including him as he was running because he ran through a stop sign at third base, but he ended up scoring. And um, after the game, I think it was Boone said he praised Gleyber Torres' instincts, which again, I question Boone. Do you understand your players or anything that's happening in front of you? Because Gleyber Torres has the worst instincts on the Yankees. Yes, I know that play worked out, but he's got terrible baseball instincts. He he found a needle in a haystack. A clock is wrong twice a day. Okay. Broken clock is wrong twice a day. That's what
1: happened in a, that situation. A broken clock Blaver is Torres. right twice a day. That's what I mean. Yeah. That's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> um the uh he, look, yes, it was an exciting play. He he scored from first base on a on a ground ball up the middle, basically, right? And and the the defense was sleeping that that's, that's what happened. He ran through a stop sign. If, if, if the defender, uh, if the defense is, is paying attention, like the other thing is, is that they were playing deeper, right? So he's reading that. Um, But the thing is, is he's reading that. And then he's reading that going to second base. And then just running home based on what he thought, where the guy was at second. (laughs) I I can't, man, that's, that's some, there's a lot of luck involved there because if you believe, unless he's doing like, you know quantum physics in his head about how fast that guy is. Is well, he got rearview mirrors? Is he
2: wearing rearview mirrors so he can see? Yeah. He can see what's well, happening no, it's just,
1: no. He had the math problem as he's rounding second base. He knew it, mm-hmm. it solved. He's not by the time that guy gets the ball, fields it, knowing his the velocity of the throw countered the wind balance because he had his finger up that, that he's not going to throw me out. Look, anybody, if, if someone's paying attention, that catcher is holding the ball while you're running and you look real dumb, uh, and it's a it's a tag situation. Unless you're Gary Sanchez, you're going to be out. So there's there's a big there's a there's a big element of of, of luck in that play, um, but it did work. It was exciting because he was running and scored from first, and that doesn't happen. That just doesn't happen. He also hit a home run, so it was Glaber's day. And it was against the Orioles, which he's had historical success against, usually in Camden Yards, but historical success as as the you know early in his career, the 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 mayor of Baltimore. Yeah, the instincts are just off the
2: charts for Glaver Torres. Just love those baseball instincts.
1: The The bullpen can really be credited
2: for those first two victories. In the first game, they locked it down after the Yankees fell behind. They gave up no runs in four and two-thirds innings. And then in four innings, they gave up one run on Tuesday. Uh, just a combination of Ramirez, Hamilton, Canely, Holmes, Marinaccio,
1: Peralta. And also, you have something on Abreu you, you've been mentioning. So I noticed this. I think it was June. I went back and looked uh, in our chat. It was June 29th at the end of the game. Um, at the end of the game, at the end of the game, he was—I uh, forget the situation—but he was pitching, and uh, and and he he just held his his shoulder low, like it, like something was ailing him on his shoulder. He finished. He finished the appearance, um, but wasn't sharp. Uh, he has pitched since twice and before last night. But last and night he gave well. me the same. He gave me the same body language and. And, you know, the, everybody came out, the, uh, we had trainer out, we had Boone out, he stayed in the game and then sure as shit, next pitch or next, one of the next pitches, he gives up a, you know, a home run to right field. He wasn't right. Clearly something was up. I, I, I think he's, I think he's hurt. You know, they asked him directly about physically uh, if Abreu is, uh, was well. um, And he said, no, it was more like an illness, but, but assured everybody that he was, he was healthy. Like More like illness illness. And you go out there and he's not feeling well. Why are you keeping him in the game at that point? Uh, I don't know. That's I weird. think he's hurt. It looks it looks like he's hurt. It, it looks like something is going on with the shoulder. And I don't know if it's happening each time. But I've seen him do the exact same motion with his shoulder where it's sagging and he's kind of like he's you can tell that he's he's favoring it uh, I've twice. And then this last time and both times he's been bad. And this last time, right after that, he gave up a, a big home run and just wasn't able to locate anything. Everything was over the plate. Uh, he just didn't look good. He looked like a, a guy that was, you know, trying to get through uh, an outing. So I don't yeah. know
2: what type. What type of illness would be like? Oh yeah, it's an illness. So he's slumping his shoulders, <laughs> but like he's going to stay on the mount.
1: Like- yeah, fatigue. Uh, you know, dehydration. I don't know, but how? Why are you putting your dehydration? Guy out there dehydration.
2: Situation? You're getting the guy a Gatorade or something. You're you're not just walking off the
1: mound, and nothing. Yeah, I don't know what. I don't know what what the exact uh, situation was, but I'm telling you that I saw this now happen in two of his last you four did. appearances. You saw it. Yeah, that his his shoulder. He's been he's been going to that shoulder for for something. I think he's hurt.
2: All right. Eye test versus nerd test. We're going to do it on the pre and post chicken parm adjustment from Anthony Volpe is brought to you by Oakley. There is so much more than meets the eye with Oakley sunglasses. Thanks to their amazing prism technology. We cannot confirm that the prism technology is the reason Anthony Volpe is seeing the baseball better, but he sure as shit is hitting the baseball better. Pre chicken parm. The adjustment was made against the Mets on June 12th. Pre-chicken parm, 226 at-bats to a 186 batting average, 260 on base, 345 slugging, a a terrible 605 OPS. We got some advanced numbers in here too. I'll go over those in a second, but those are just the numbers. 186 batting average, 605 OPS, 226 at-bats, pre-chicken parm. Post-chicken parm, 65 ABs, 354 batting average, 417 on base, 600 slugging, over 1,000 OPS. He's almost doubled his OPS, doubled everything, and I know limited 65 at-bats since the, since the stance adjustment, but we are seeing some underlying numbers that are showing the stance adjustment is working. Most notably to me is the opposite field approach. Before the adjustment, he was pulling the ball 45% of the time. He was going to center 33%, and he was going to opposite field 21%. Since then, he's pulling the ball thirty-nine percent, going to center twenty-nine percent, and opposite field thirty-one percent. A ten percent increase in opposite field hits for Volpe with the
1: stance change, which with yeah. the close stance. So, <clears throat> a couple things here: Cam Maben. One is a middle of the field approach. That's exactly what's happening. Uh, was, yes, the, 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 the close. <laughs> yeah, well, the the close stance is, uh, is clearly making him feel more comfortable. It's allowing him to do the things that he wants to do. He's got more confidence. And and so everything in, is lining up for, um, for a very good adjustment. Obviously this is a very good adjustment on his end because it's working and it, because it makes him feel more comfortable. And the, the crazy thing is that he didn't realize it in the moment. Like he, his body didn't realize that he's setting up, which is a a little wild to me because, uh, and I guess through the motions playing every, I've never played baseball every single day of, of my life. So I don't know, you know, once you're going through something, you just don't realize it uh, until someone else points it out. Like, like most things Here's, I where, I, here's
2: where I think that's bullshit, because I, I would say the only thing I can equate this to is golf, because that's, I, I don't play golf a lot, but you, you, you don't realize as you're doing it, that you're, you're doing something wrong. Right. Are you doing something different? Sure. However, the difference here is that we don't have cam- we don't have cameras on us. Okay, when we're playing and, golf. and
1: coaches we're doing monitoring coaches. We're doing. But
2: even if Volpe is watching film of himself hitting, wouldn't he notice? Hey, my stance is open and not closed. Wouldn't he notice that after two hundred something at bats of an open stance?
1: He had to have watched some film on himself. Yeah, I think there's just slight things that that are. are tough to pick up with different camera angles as well. Like it's hard. We've done, we've done this where I've, I've kind of pushed back on some of the things that we've looked at, uh, like, Hey, arm slot, uh, stance closed. Oh, like
2: I never did that. Severino deep dive.
1: Well, I know because it's really, cause there's nothing. I, I went back and looked, I, I, I didn't find anything that was egregious and glaring. And I'm not just going to come out here and say, Hey, I found it when I didn't, there's so much discrepancy that it's really hard to find unless you have, uh, you know, everything at your, at your, at your fingertips, like the, the coaching staff does, and and also they are standing there watching these guys in real life. They are getting their own eyes on them. They don't need camera angles. They don't. They're standing there watching batting practice, watching pitching, uh, you know, sessions in between starts. They're watching these things. They can look for very specific things from the exact same place, using the exact same eyes, and and see what they're uh, looking to see. So. Yes. I think it's, it's great. I'm glad, I'm glad the adjustment. And I think that what it's doing is it's helping him stay closed. It's helping him, which is a lot of why the middle of the field approach works. It helps you stay closed. It helps you stay um, back and, and, you know, go through the ball. And that's, again, I've mentioned this a a thousand times. One of the big reasons why, you know, judge made the um, massive adjustments was, was because he had more time in the zone. He was able to flatten the back. Uh, behind and, and stay close long enough where he could get to multiple different pitches and have a, a, a larger variance for, um, you know, for success within within a pitch. If you're open and you're flying out, you're you're you know, the, the gap that you're going to hit that ball is uh, is is small, is smaller because you're pulling out of the uh, out of the strike zone and your bat's not flat through the zone.
2: Yeah, and then uh, some more advanced numbers before and after the adjustment. So the barrel percentage is down, but I think barrel percentage can be a little misleading because his hard hit percentage is up about 10%. His exit velocity is up a couple miles per hour, and the launch angle is actually a degree less, um, which I think could be a good thing. More line drives. Um, flat I bat know, through the zone. Flat, I know, flatter, uh, especially More, more a consistent
1: lot. flat bat through the zone, too.
2: Over the past, you know, six, seven years, launch angle, a low launch angle has been frowned upon, but with no shifts, I think it's less frowned upon. You get, a, you can get away with it more. So I, I, almost every number. Yes. Every number points to this adjustment has been working and the traditional stats, the advanced stats. You did bring up something interesting before we started recording. It's like, we have seen a hot stretch from him before this season when he went to the leadoff spot in may, he did have a nice little stretch, not this hot. He has not been, th- he was not, it this wasn't good. sustained
1: as long either. It was, it was more of a, you know, a weak situation where he was coming in there and, and hot, but it's also in a short career in a, in a small sample size, I think looking at the, the different streaks and understanding them, uh, at least using them for for context is important because in some cases you get guys that are just very streaky as well. And uh, you know I, I don't think that's him. I think he's more of a pure hitter and and actually did make an adjustment. Um, but it's it's interesting to note because he did have a bit of a spark when he went to the leadoff spot. One thing that or just you're before most... he went to the leadoff spot.
2: One thing you're most definitely going to see if this hot streak continues for a couple more weeks is the Jeter comparison once again. Because we looked up these numbers and remember, Jeter was struggling for like the first half of the season and second half of the season. Uh, was it half Logan or was it, I forget how long it was. It was whatever around this point, I think that Jeter's season took off and he hit like 360, 350, the remainder of 1996, which is almost exactly what we've seen from. Volpe right now hitting 350 for the past month. So if this goes on, you're going to get that side-by-side cheater comparison again.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm here, I'm here for it. You know, I think he's, I think he's fine with it too. Volpe, Volpe has the, I'm not saying it's a bad thing.
2: I'm just saying it's, it's no,
1: yeah, yeah, I know. I I know it's, I think he's got the headspace to deal with it. I do. I think that, that he's, um, you know, a kid that's mature enough to, to to handle, you know, anything thrown at him from the media as far as comparisons, because I don't think he listens to it. I think he just does his thing and, you know, eats, uh, eats chicken parm with his boys,
2: which I and love. That was Eye Test versus Nerd Test, sponsored by Oakley. Once again, go to Oakley.com for information about their prism lens technology or just to get a pair of Oakley shades for summer for activities, baseball, golf, running, whatever the heck you
1: want to do at Oakley.com. Great for the pool by the way too. You know, there's a my, my mother's place in Bethany Beach has a uh, a, com- a community pool that's uh great for kids. I was Kemp was a, like a, a water rat the entire week wouldn't get out of the water. So I was in there a lot with him. Had the oakleys on and uh you know, I could swim. They actually provide pretty decent, you know, visibility underwater to be honest because they're so big, they like shed the water as you're swimming and and you know, your eyes don't don't sting as much you know, so you could know see do, beautifully. Does that? Do you know what also does that? Goggles? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because I'm going to wear goggles. Let me, let me, grown ass man wearing goggles (laughs) in a wading pool. Hold on. (laughs) Go ahead. You're a grown ass man
2: opening his eyes underwater in a wading pool. What's worse?
1: I got to see. There's like a billion kids. What am I supposed to do? I'm playing. I'm playing with my son. I'm going to open my eyes.
2: I went to the pool down the street with Harrison over the weekend, was not opening my eyes in that pool. I had enough chlorine in my eyes from him splashing me a billion times. Yeah. Eyes well, burnt for like 12 hours afterwards.
1: Multiple uses. Okay.
2: So uh, all-star game is coming up this week. No Yankees relief pitchers were named to the All Star team, and you can make an argument that that was a little bit of a snub. The AL relief pitchers that were selected for the team—now again, this is not voting; this is coaches' selections for the pitching staff—is Cano and Batista from Baltimore. Both of those guys have been unbelievable for the Orioles. Kenley Jansen from Boston, who's having a good year, and then Emmanuel Classe from Cleveland, who is leading in appearances, but his ERA is three fifty-four. And um, uh, 118 ERA plus for Class A. Jansen's got a 334 ERA and a 138 ERA plus. Both of those are good, a good amount worse than a lot of guys in the Yankees bullpen. Wandy Peralta. Has a 243 RA, a 172 ERA plus, Clay Holmes has a 236 ERA, a 177 ERA plus. Michael King's got a 287 ERA, a 145 ERA plus, and Ron Marnaccio has a 308 ERA and a 136 ERA plus. I know Marinachio and even Michael King are not going to get voted into the All-Star or gonna get selected to the All-Star team. Peralta and Holmes, though, I think you can make an argument over Class A because with Jansen, he is the only Red Sox that's going to be there and everyone has to – every team has to be represented. So that's why he's there. But Class A, you've already got um, Jose Ramirez from Cleveland. And I know Class A is the closer, so that's going to get just more attention. And Holmes did lose the closer role. But quote unquote, between between Holmes and Peralta, like they've just been flat out better than Class
1: A. Yeah. I think uh, this, you kind of hit it. It's when, when you're looking at all-star bids, it tend to go to the guys that have definitive positions, not just like a a regular bullpen guy, you know, even, you know, back when you see like a definitive eighth inning guy, who's a setup man, quote unquote, they can use that as something to point to Yankees don't have that right now. They just have a a very best, best bullpen in baseball. So yes, there there's absolute, absolutely merit for these guys getting into the, the game and being selected. But it just happens this way. It's it's like it's a it's a popularity contest. At some point, the closer for this particular team is going to get a nod if the if the numbers are relatively close. Then a guy that comes in a different position. You've got to it's be just a closer. Kind of how that's the thing.
2: You've got to be yeah. the dedicated closer to get selected as a relief pitcher to the All-Star. If Clay
1: Holmes had the closer role yeah. and and he, he was would the be. ninth inning guy every time, I bet he would be an overclass guy for sure.
2: I agree with that. Yeah. Um. And well, the Yankees not saying it's fair,
1: fair, but that's just kind of what happens.
2: The Yankees bullpen has been the best. They're losing Jimmy Cordero, who is suspended for the rest of the year for domestic violence, which is awful. And this just made me think of Herman
1: again. Of course. Immediately. Yeah. Like fuck this guy. Just they're, they didn't DFM again. He's on the restricted list. And so he's still floating in the ether. Do you get paid for that or no?
2: No, you don't, you don't get it, when
1: you're suspended.
2: You do not get paid, whether that's PEDs or, or whatever you get suspended for. So um, like when, when um, didn't Herman not get, paid for the 10. He must not have if that's what you're saying then, for the no. sticky stuff. So, Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, for sticky I don't know stuff. about that. Actually. I think he was unpaid. The sticky stuff suspension, I think is unpaid. I think if you get suspended, you don't get paid. for I don't the know. Time you're on the IL or when you're the, 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 it's not like the time on the IL it's, it's, it's different
1: anyway. Um, yeah. I so, thought Trevor Bauer was still getting paid. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh look uh, Logan, do some digging if you can, please.
2: So obviously, like you said, um, F this guy with Cordero. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Like, are the Yankees gonna bring him back next year? Because if they don't, good, I agree. Well then why didn't you do that with Herman? What's the difference here? Right? It's just like it calls it, it And we could go all the way back to Araldus Chapman. That like the Yankees traded for Araldis Chapman after he had a domestic violence incident
1: as well. So there's a morals clause in a lot of the contracts too that that doesn't get touched with with some of the stuff. There's it does. The Yankees have the ability to get rid of somebody, and when I say I didn't even mean to talk about the the actual contract. I'm saying there's a morality in decisions that you make, and uh, they choose to they choose to look at the baseball. That's 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 what I'm. That's what they've done, right? That's what we're seeing. They they yeah. look at baseball, and and at that point the uh, they 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 let the baseball speak for itself. So, you know, I don't know. If it's if it's egregious enough, I guess they they uh you know, if if there's a video. I mean, that's what we've seen. This the, sports and society don't mess up. always been the case. Sports, sports. and society don't mess up. If 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 you can look worse because something is out in the open, then they act differently than if something is behind behind closed doors. It's not right, it, but it's it is the way it happens. Like I'm if I'm looking at things, that's what that's that's what I see. That's that's what that's how uh, a lot of professional franchises conduct themselves if it's something that's out in the open that everybody can see and make a judgment about what it what it is and, and the degree of how bad something is they act differently than is if it's behind closed doors and it's and it's just a suspension that's what i've the, seen the first, with my own eyes from every franchise from different franchises across sports yeah the first
2: real example of that was ray rice right? yes before yes. that video was made public it was treated as one way and then once the video came out didn't his suspension go up if, if, like, so if
1: the video doesn't exist and there was no public yeah. knowledge of what actually transpired on that, it, does Ray Rice continue to play? Because he, he didn't play in the league after that. Does he does he continue to play, get suspended, and then come back? I would say, yeah, he probably does. Probably Because he was good enough at that point.
2: Even reading a description of it is different than seeing it. You could, yeah, you, oh, there could sure. be a 10,000-word article about everything that happened, and that's not going to be as bad as a 10-second video.
1: In the public eye, in the not, public not eye, in the public bad, eye, yeah, 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 for 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 PR for uh, firms that are representing uh, the the franchises and are going into um, you know the catastrophe so
2: mode. You do get paid for sticky stuff suspension, which I don't think you should get paid for.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, I, you know how pissed off I would be as as a player if the umpires made an arbitrary decision and then I didn't get paid for it because that asshole is saying that my rosin. Fine. How sweat about?
2: after one sticky stuff suspension you get paid for the first sticky stuff sp- suspension but if you get
1: suspended again you don't get paid. No, you know why? But this is exactly why the rule is stupid. You d- you get paid for it still. Doesn't that sound ridiculous? Yes. So doesn't that kind of tell you what how ridiculous this and and gray and arbitrary this whole thing is? They may call you on it, but we're still going to pay you. If it mm-hmm. were definitive, then why would they pay you? You're cheating.
2: Yeah. 10 day vacation,
1: yeah, yeah. It's it's rest up, get your arm back in, in shape.
2: It's it's the new, it's the new um phantom IL, it's just the sticky stuff, sticky suspension. stuff, yeah. Well, you lose a roster spot, so that's the difference. That's right, that's right. It's a little worse. Um, all right, yeah, Cubs Series, Radon Tyone, Smiley Cole, Hendricks, Herman. The Cubs are below 500 by six games and in third place. I'm I'm actually super excited for our done's debut tonight.
1: Yeah, me too. Because it's well, one uh, coming on the heels of, of um, you know Severino not being good, Herman not being great, coming back from the the perfect game, which I think most people expected. You're anticipating you you want to see that big guy. That's finally one thing I did out. want to talk about. You definitely want to see that guy come out here and and do his thing so look there's a lot of pressure on him though too i think after severino going into the all-star break with the cubs in town not to say that the cubs yankees is a big series uh, on paper but it is because of the attention it's going to get and because of the uh you know just the the look it's aesthetically pleasing it's cool seeing the cubs and the yankees playing um and when you see radon out there uh you know it's a big deal this is the first time we're, we're getting eyes on him on a mound uh, in front of people in a real game uh without Earn in the mustache, we'll, we'll see. Maybe earn, he, maybe he no. comes out with no mustache.
2: Earn the mustache.
1: Earn the mustache.
2: Earn the mustache. Like you can earn your pinstripes, you can earn your mustache by pitching well. Herman, excluding the perfect game, over his uh, his three his three outings, other than the perfect game, nine in a third innings pitch, twenty four hits, seventeen runs. Then the perfect game's in the middle of that. Yeah, which one's the anomaly?
1: Right, it's, That's a hell of an anomaly. I
2: know, I know it is. The it's the, the most,
1: of, it's the biggest
2: anomaly you can find. But he's been pretty crap otherwise.
1: Yeah, even when he came off the mound too, he was like, uh, he he did. A he little... got a standing ovation. I know. Yeah, he like... did a cap tip and the whole deal. Yeah, <clears throat> it's like, give him the standing ovation when he's running out
2: to the mound for the for the first inning. Don't give it to him after he can't get out of the fourth inning.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> In that outing, Hicks got booed. By the way. There, yeah. In the beginning, yeah. there was, it sounded like a little muffled, but I feel like as the as the as he continued to come up, it, it started getting louder and louder. Especially after he hit that, you know. He's a, yeah, he's whatever. fine. I'm just saying,
2: he's got the beard. He's doing the whole post Yankee thing. You grow a beard. You can let your hair loose even though he doesn't have any hair. He's got facial hair. So it's the, it's the classic form of a eat. job taken by other kids coming up. So we'll see. <laughs> it's all, it all comes full circle for Aaron Hicks. Yes. <laughs> All right, that's going to wrap up today's episode. We'll talk to you again after the Sunday night game. That'll be up uh, first thing Monday morning, or after the Sunday game. We're going to talk on Sunday night, and it's All-Star Week, and we've got some plans for those those GM uh, trade deadline episodes. Stay tuned for that. Thank you guys for
0: listening.
1: Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it, and go Yankees.